Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444 Friday, February 18th. Coming up on the show today, we've got a huge weekend of SEC basketball. The Nashville Predators try to break their losing streak. I've got a bizarro Titans and Big Orange comparison I never thought I was going to make. However, we begin with some potentially huge news concerning Nissan Stadium. The Full 40 this week brought to you by Our Kids Soup Sunday event coming up this weekend. Tickets are still available. It is a fantastic event. 30 of the best restaurants in Nashville competing to cook soups for you and all the proceeds go to help the children of Middle Tennessee. OurKidsCenter.com for tickets. That's OurKidsCenter.com for tickets. And special thanks to the Kingston Group for donating their time to the wonderful folks at Our Kids. In a big piece of breaking news reported by Nate Rao of Axios, the Tennessee Titans and the city of Nashville, Mayor John Cooper's administration, have stalled negotiations on the renovation and have perhaps expanded those discussions to include the possibility of building a new stadium. Yes, these are huge big ticket dollar items that taxpayers are probably going to have to pay a big chunk of. That's going to be a huge debate and a fight in the public forum for months and months and months to come before a decision is finally reached. The reason this is happening, according to the report, is that the costs of a renovation have skyrocketed, and I'm not sure anyone involved expected the number to reach a six, seven, eight hundred million dollar price tag. We all knew a renovation would cost a whole lot of money, but if you start to reach that one billion dollar mark, you might as well just start talking about building a new stadium altogether. Again, I have been on record as saying for a very long time that if you're going to do a massive redevelopment of the east side of that river downtown, you might as well put a brand new building on the river, build a massive brick facade that matches First Avenue, make it live music venues, honky-tonks if you want, and put multiple walking bridges over to Broadway to connect Lower Broadway and First Avenue to the east side of the river. It is the only way to build it into Lower Broadway and make it a part of the entertainment district that is developed down there for all of its faults and all of its flaws. If you want to build an entertainment district, you need to build it into the stadium and then try to attach it to the other side of the river. And if you can do that at a price tag of, I don't know, $1.3, $1.5, $1.6 billion, and the Strunk family and ownership wants to foot the bill for a lot of that, I don't see the problem. The discussion, of course, will be how to pay for it. But that's going to be a discussion on a $600 million renovation or a $1.5 billion stadium. Those are going to be huge discussions no matter what. Here's what that money buys you and what matters. If you want the Super Bowl, if you want the Final Four, if you want the college football playoff, and you want the biggest possible events in sports to come to Nashville, which we know this city can host brilliantly, you need to have a covered building, or at least a retractable roof. And you cannot do that by renovating Nissan Stadium. You can only do that by building a new one. So I stumbled on a bizarro comparison talking to Josh Ward yesterday on the show that I probably never thought I'd ever be making. A Tennessee Titans quarterback and a University of Tennessee head basketball coach comparison. But alas, here we are in these strange times. The basic gist of the comp is that Ryan Tannehill, as Titans fans are learning, and Rick Barnes are excellent regular season performers, but that both have left much to be desired in the postseason. And to be fair to both, the only reason we'd ever even be having this conversation in the first place is because both the Titans and the Vols have been very, very, very good the last few years. Not living up to postseason expectations means that you have built up postseason expectations. It is important not to forget that, 
before I say all these words I'm about to say. Now that my throat is sufficiently cleared, let's glance at the data, even if you have been inundated with Tannehill information for the last three weeks. He's 2-3 and three as a starter in the postseason, 0 for his last three, with metrics that are well below his regular season metrics, especially in a Titans uniform. Even with a bad regular season last year, Tannehill's numbers with this organization are incredibly impressive. 67% completion percentage, 7.9 yards per attempt, almost a 3-to-1 touchdown-to-interception ratio, a 102 quarterback rating, while averaging 30 passing attempts per game. In the playoffs, he's a 62% passer, averages a full yard less per attempt at 6.9, has just seven touchdowns and five interceptions in five games, has a quarterback rating of 85, and averages just 22 attempts per game. As you can tell, the regular season numbers and the postseason numbers simply do not match up for Tannehill, shockingly. Now let's take a look at Rick Barnes. For his long career, Barnes is basically the same. In 17 years as the head coach at Texas, Barnes won 70% of his games, including three conference championships. In seven years in Knoxville, he's won 65% of his regular season games. And in those 23 combined years, he reached the NCAA tournament 20 times. Yet it's been two decades since he reached his only Final Four, way back in 2003, and it's been 15 seasons since he reached an Elite Eight. And almost every single time he has been dispatched by a team ranked lower than his own in the tournament. In his time in Knoxville, Barnes has reached the Sweet 16, his first since 2008, and was a few plays away from finally getting back to the Elite Eight. But in all three trips to the tournament, as UT's head coach, he has been bounced by a team either ranked behind his team or a team that he was heavily favored to beat. Last season, he was eliminated by a 12 seed in the first round. He lost in the second round to an 11 seed and lost to a three seed in the Sweet 16. All three times, his team was favored to win and was the higher seed. Two of those, of course, he was a significantly higher ranked team. Is this nitpicking a coach who's done nothing but amazing things in Knoxville? Probably. Like Tannehill, you have to be pretty damn good to be a quote-unquote postseason disappointment. The issue with Barnes is that it's backed up by decades of data. Barnes had 15 seasons of at least 20 wins in 17 years at Texas and made it to one Final Four. This with names like Kevin Durant on his roster. And in his last 15 seasons, he has been to the second round of the NCAA tournament only one time. And that was four years ago with Tennessee. Is this year's team good enough to make a deep run, break some of these trends, and deliver the Vols their first ever Final Four appearance in school history? Maybe. Maybe not. And that's not a huge indictment of Barnes. Getting to the Final Four is a huge deal and extremely difficult. Is this team good enough to get to Tennessee's second ever Elite Eight? Absolutely they are. Especially with wins over teams like Arizona and Kentucky, who could be one seeds. There is no doubt this team is actually good enough. But just like Tannehill, until they prove it in the postseason when a championship is hanging in the balance, I'm not sure it matters how many regular season wins you produce if you simply cannot get over the hump in the playoffs. Texas fans know all about this. Titans fans are unfortunately learning this about their quarterback. So let's hope Vols fans don't have to have this conversation come March. We've got a huge weekend of college basketball in the SEC, of course, headlined by the Tennessee Volunteers, number 16, trip to number 23, Arkansas, in a battle for what could be second or third place in the SEC. That's Tennessee at Arkansas, 3 p.m. Central Time, headlining a great weekend. Tennessee, I think, should they hold serve, and Josh Ward said this on Thursday's episode, I think Tennessee has built a resume that the committee is going to love when they put the bracket together because of the big non-conference and conference wins over ranked opponents, as well as all the challenges 
they presented for themselves in non-conference play and no bad losses on the schedule. So if Tennessee just holds serve, they don't have to beat Arkansas this weekend as a part of that. I think this this Volunteers team belongs in a, as a top three, top four seed, and I think they've done enough. The committee, I think, is going to love their metrics. That's obviously the biggest game of the weekend for for in-state fans. you got number 25, Alabama, at number four, Kentucky. Of course, Tennessee and Kentucky now tied for second place in the SEC. Alabama playing slightly better basketball, slightly more consistent, as expected. That one at noon, you've got number two, Auburn, who has now lost a game. Only two games up on Tennessee and Kentucky in the regular season standings. They will go on the road and play a Florida team at 1 o'clock that can be dangerous and tricky at times. But also, Auburn's a, a pretty heavy favorite in that one. And then, of course, the Vanderbilt Commodores at 5-8 and eight in the SEC. The best season Jerry Stackhouse is having. They're above 500 overall at 13-12. and 12. They are hosting Texas A&M at 5 p.m. on Saturday. A chance for this team to, to get a sixth SEC win heading into the final few weeks. Again, can't speak enough on the job that Jerry Stackhouse has done improving this team. They certainly play very, very hard. You know, this this program and this team is not where Vanderbilt fans want them to be by year three, but they are showing improvement, so there is that to consider. Huge weekend of SEC action as we close in on the month of March. On Thursday, the NHL fined John Hines $25,000 for, I guess, inappropriate conduct at the end of the game. There's not a whole lot of video evidence to try to find exactly what happened, but he probably had some choice words for some officiating, of course, the, the number of penalties being a primary concern for the Nashville Predators over the last couple of games during their three-game losing streak. I would argue that the NHL should fine the Nashville Predators $25,000 for doing a tribute video to Kevin McCarthy and Matt Irwin, but I do love Matt Irwin, so we'll just let that sleeping dog lie. I do think it's interesting, though, with a Friday evening game on the road against Carolina coming up, and then another trip to Florida, two of the better teams in the Eastern Conference, off a three-game losing streak in which they've been under 500 for the last 12 games, this is a pretty critical stretch of action for the Nashville Predators. They've got to stop taking bad penalties. They've got to give UC Soros some more help. Defense needs to be shored up. If you'd like to hear all kinds of ranting and raving about the Nashville Predators, what the future holds, the trade deadline, Forsberg's contract, lazy media takes, and of course, tribute video, ranting and raving. If you want all of that, make sure you check out the Gold Standard Podcast out every single week. Jeremy K. Gover filling in for Adam Vingan, who is on paternity leave along with yours truly. That's the Gold Standard Podcast covering the Nashville Predators everywhere you get your podcasts. The Full 40 this week brought to you by Our Kids Soup Sunday event coming up this weekend. Tickets are still available. It is a fantastic event. 30 of the best restaurants in Nashville competing to cook soups for you, and all the proceeds go to help the children of Middle Tennessee. OurKidsCenter.com for tickets. That's OurKidsCenter.com for tickets. Have a great weekend, everybody. Please share the product, share the show. You guys know the drill. I ask you guys to do this every single day. Please tell somebody about it. That is how we grow it. It's how we keep it free for you guys. Check out the socials, of course, at 440 Sports on Twitter and Facebook, at 440 Media on Instagram, 440 Sports on the YouTubes as well. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter, at Braden Gall. Thank you guys all for listening. Have a great weekend, and make sure you come by Soup Sunday at Nissan Stadium on Sunday afternoon. This has been the 440 for Friday, February 18th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.